Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. If you guys would, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. We're going to continue a series I started uh, several weeks ago, and the series is entitled Currency Converters. Currency Converters. And the concept behind this series is uh, there's different categories that we all take our money or our currency, and in our minds and in our perspectives, we convert it into different categories. And so the first week, we talked about people who convert currency into love, meaning um, when they get money, they see it as an opportunity to show love. Or if someone gives them money or a gift, they see it as uh, someone showing them love. And so um, we talked about the the positives and some of the dangers of that. Um, We also talked about people who convert currency into success. And they think, if I get more money, I will be more successful. I can have better things. I'll have nicer things. And that means I am successful. I am the man. In Luke chapter 12, we're going to read a story where Jesus uh, takes us in a little different direction. Um, I'm going to begin in verse 13. And if you don't have your Bibles, that's all right. It'll be up on the screens. Uh, But Luke chapter 12, Jesus here, we're told in verse 1 that there's thousands of people gathered around together. And um, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And then in uh, verse 13 of Luke chapter 12, it says, Someone in the crowd said to him, being Jesus, Teacher, tell, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Tell my brother to uh, divide the inheritance with me. Now, this person, um, maybe their brother wasn't treating them right. And their brother was keeping all of the inheritance and there was some that was due to this other brother. Maybe this brother didn't, didn't, didn't have rights to any of the inheritance. Maybe this brother had, was asking for his inheritance early, or maybe this brother was asking for more than he deserved in the inheritance. We're, we're not really sure what's exactly going on here, but we know that here, this guy is coming to Jesus, and he's like, hey, Jesus, hook me up, <laughs> right? Like, like I'm, this money is, should be mine, or I think it's mine, or I want it to be mine, and, and I need your help here. Will you hook me up? And so in verse 14, in very Jesus-like manner, he says to him, man, I just, that just jumps out at me. Just, just, man, come on, man. What are we talking about here? Man, you know, it just, it just reminds me of like practice, practice. We're talking about practice. Again, if you're new here, you got to know a little sports to get all that. That's an Allen Iverson reference to, okay. Okay, anyways, you can Google it. It's actually pretty funny. It's pretty funny when Iverson did that. But, but I just read that like, man, come on, man. Jesus is like, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? Now, I think this is funny. Like, Jesus is like, who made me the judge? And I'm, uh, Jesus, um, uh, you did. <laughs> like you are the judge you're the arbitrator you're the mediator you're the everything you're the king like Jesus shouldn't we bring everything to you and Jesus is like man who made me the arbitrator like come on like really now Jesus isn't interested in settling this like he's not interested in settling this at all 
And it's not because Jesus isn't interested in the details of our lives or that Jesus wouldn't step in on your behalf in a situation like this. It's actually because of the heart motive behind this person uh, that's asking. And we're going to read that here. Um, So Jesus isn't interested in settling this at all. In verse 15, he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, which we might say greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. This is, this is, this is powerful right here. Because this is a lie that our culture has believed. That our life consists of what we have. Of the things that we have. The things that we possess. How good they are. How nice they are. How big they are. How fancy they are. You, you know, um, it, it, this is a lie that, that many of us have bought into. And some of us don't even realize that we've bought into it. This is why it becomes difficult for us to be generous. Because we believe the lie that our lives consist of the things that we possess. And so if I give my tuition payment away, (laughs) then then I may not be able to get this possession of this diploma. Maybe for you, if I give this away, I may not be able to buy those new shoes or that new suit or that new dress or that whatever. And so we become hesitant. We become, uh, many, in, in some instances, even fearful. And Jesus here is saying, take care and be on guard. Like, like guard against this. This is not just make a decision one time and then it's over. He says, be on guard. So when you conquer it one time, be ready to conquer it a second time. When, you, when you're done with it a third time, be ready because it's coming back a fourth time. Be on guard. And, and, and I would even say, stay on guard against all covetousness against all greed man this is challenging this is challenging because at the moment that we're holding on to things and we're not allowing uh, God to to have an open hand in our lives meaning meaning our hand isn't open to God meaning I'm going to hold on to this and God I'll give you a but I won't give you b I'll give you this but I won't give you that the moment that we grab a hold of something and we're not willing to give it to God and lay it down if he tells us to lay it down then we're, we're in what the Bible calls covetousness. And Jesus here is saying, be on guard against all of it. All of it, because your life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And he told them a parable. He told them a story. And he's going to tell them this story to illustrate what he just said in verse 15. He's going to tell this story, and I want you to remember this, for the purpose of illustrating that we should be on guard against all covetousness and that our life does not consist of abundance of possessions. It does not consist of things. So he tells them this story. He says, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. Now, in this time, if you had land and that land produced plentifully, the, what that means is you were rich. That, that means you had, you had a lot. You could get whatever you wanted. You could barter. You could trade. You had what other people needed, and therefore you were rich. So you have this rich person, and, and he thought to himself in verse uh, 17, what shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? So you have this rich person whose land produced plentifully, so he gets even richer, and all of a sudden he believes that not only is this increase for him, but the increase is because of him. So what do I need to do to make sure that I, in the future, can have what I need because this is my crops and this is all about me? Now, so this is someone who converts currency into security. This is what we're going to talk about today, people who convert currency into security. 
And so here, this rich man, he has a gap in his finances, if you will. You might say he has margin in his finances, right? Like, like his bills add up to this much, but he has much more than that. And so there's a gap between what his bills are and what he actually earns. And what happens here is God allows his land to produce even more plentifully, and that gap widens. That gap widens. That margin increases. Now, all of us have gap and margin in our finances. Sometimes it's just negative gap, right? Like, like my bills and things are this much and my income is not quite that much. And there's a gap. It's just not a positive gap. It's a negative gap. But there's others where maybe your gap is, is tiny. It's small. It's a slithering. But, 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 but you have money left at the end of the month. It might be a dollar. It might be $10. But there's a gap. And some of you, you're so close, you don't even see the gap. But we all have a gap. We all have margin. And here what happens is this rich man, let's say, let's say his, his bills, for example, sake, are $1,000, and he's making $10,000. So he's got a $9,000 margin. And now all of a sudden God increases him, and let's say he's now making $100,000. So now he's got $99,000 gap, $99,000 margin. Now he's got a much larger margin. What we do in our culture is we now, we're not okay with gaps in margins. So we're going to close that margin as much as we can. So now that we're making $100,000, we're going to go buy some more stuff. We're going to increase these things. We're going to buy a bigger house. We're going to buy a nicer car because now we have earned it. I deserve this. God has blessed me. And we close that gap. But see, people who convert currency into security, they, they don't close that gap. They're only trying to widen that gap. The best man in our wedding, he, he, he might have more money than anybody that I personally know. And I'm sure, I haven't, I haven't seen him in a while, but I'm sure he still drives a 1984 Chevy Pup. Y'all ever heard of Chevy Pup? I didn't think so. Me neither. The only Chevy pup, I'm not even sure it's a Chevy. I just know it's a pup. Only pup I've ever seen is his truck. And I'm telling you, the thing doesn't have air conditioning, doesn't have heat. I don't think the windows work. I don't think he's changed the oil. I, I, I don't, paint job, no way. Like, but this guy, can I tell you all a secret? When his wife gets bored, they just open up a new business. Am I right? She's doing one right now. Like, you just money. Just whatever you want to do. He got more money. But, but I'll I, I tell you this. If me and him go to McDonald's, he don't live here. But if he came to visit and we went out to McDonald's, guess who's paying? <laughs> like, dude, come on, man. I know you got money. And you're driving a pup. And if you let me, I'd put gas in your car. You'd let me do that. I'm a pastor. My wife don't work at Google or Amazon no more. But people who convert currency into security, they're always trying to widen that gap. They're always trying to increase that margin. And there's something that the rest of us can learn from that. There's some wisdom in that. That when you get more, it doesn't mean that you should spend more. When you get more, it doesn't even mean that the more is for you. Yeah. 
this guy assumes that this increase was his and it was for him. And that's an assumption that we don't need to make. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. Now, he's going to tear down his barns. That's where he would keep his produce. His, this would be equivalent to, we probably don't, well, I mean, here we might have some barns. But this would be more like for us today, our bank accounts. So I'm going to open a, a, a savings account. I'm going to open an investment account. I'm going, to, I'm going to find a better way to store and to save this increase that I have. But here's the key that's a problem with this. Because it's not that we shouldn't be saving. We should be saving. We're look at that in just a moment. We should be saving. We should be increasing these gaps and these margins in our finances in the positive way, not in the negative way. But the problem with this is here at the end of verse 18, he says, there I will store all my grain and my goods, all of it, not 90% of it. He's not even giving 10% back to God. He's saying, I'm going to store all of it. All of this increase is mine. I worked for it. God blessed me. It, my land produced, and therefore it must be mine, and I am going to store it. I am going to keep it. I am going to take care of all of it. Listen, if that's you, when you get a raise, when you get an increase, when you get a holy handshake or whatever it is that you get, if that's your mindset, Remember the story. Many of you already know how it ends. Spoiler alert, it doesn't end well. Just because you got increased doesn't mean that it's for you. God, many times, will give you increase for somebody else. Here, he makes this assumption. And he's like, I'm going to tear down my barns. I'm going to build bigger ones, and I'm going to store all my grain and my goods there. And in verse 19, he says, and I will say to my soul, this, this is funny to me, because <laughs> I will say to my soul, soul? I, I don't know. It's just, it's just, I get a kick out of that. Like, I will say to my soul. I've never said, soul? I, I, don't, I just don't. I talk to myself, but I don't talk to myself that way. I don't, I don't know. Maybe y'all didn't get that, but that was funny to me. Thanks for just obliging for a moment. Um, so I'll say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods and laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. So not only does he assume the increase is his, he assumes he has time. And see, he's converted this currency into security. And he said, okay, now I got enough. Now I got enough to retire. I got more than I'll ever be able to spend. Now I'm good. And I'm putting my trust in what I have because I know that what I have is going to last me the rest of my days. And so now I just need to put it in the right place, secure it, so that in the future I will have plenty. And so now I can sit back and eat and drink and relax. I used to always dream about retiring and I, I, just, I thought retiring was going to be so awesome. I had a plan. You want to hear my plan? It it's, it's only has a little bit to do with what we're talking about. But um, I, I love this plan. I'm kind of saying it like maybe God will kill, let me still do it. But I don't know how that would work. But my plan was to retire. I don't even know what I was going to do. But, but retire. Um, I'm talking about after, you know, like when you're a teenager, you think, oh, by the time I'm 30, I'm going to retire. I'm going to be a multi you know, past the, that stage. I didn't make that stage. Um, so like the realist, the the, the Okay, I had this plan. So I was going to retire. From whatever I did, I was going to retire. And, and I was going to be an usher for the Braves. Not like a church usher, but like a, I don't even know if that's what you call them. But like the Atlanta Braves, you know, the guys who like take your tickets. And like the older guys that like stand there and they just take your tickets and they tell you, hey, go down there to 
whatever. Like I was going to be that guy. Like I, I still want to be that guy. Like I think that would be amazing. Like you're going to pay me to go to every game and I'm retired. I don't have anything else to do. I just get to go to the baseball games and like, and you're going to pay me to like say, hey, go sit over there. Like, and the Braves games, like nobody goes anyway. So it's like, it's, this is amazing. You're just going to pay me to go. You're just going to pay me to go watch the games. I was, I don't know how that's going to work now, but um, uh, I don't even know how much I really am a fan of retirement anymore. But, but, but he's like, okay, I'm, I can just go eat and relax and drink and be merry and retire and everything is good because I'm secured because I have this money. He's converting currency into security, meaning money is what is giving him this sense of security. It makes him feel safe. And there's a group of us that money makes us feel safe. That as long as we have enough, and whatever enough is for you, then you feel safe. You feel secure. People who convert currency into security, they see it as a means to make sure not only today is okay, but also tomorrow is okay. And this is a good thing. This is not a bad thing. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. It says, go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. So this is good. Here in Proverbs, we're told this is wise to make sure that we save and prepare and plan for tomorrow. It is wise to make sure that you have some gap, some margin, some left over for the next day. The Bible also tells us to count the cost and to know the state of our flocks. It is clear that this is something that we should do. People who convert currency into security, they say, I love you, not by giving money to you, but by saving and planning. So if you're married to one of these people, every dollar they save, all those plans, they're trying to communicate to you that they love you. Now, just because they didn't buy you flowers or forgot your birthday, you, they're flawed, right? But they're trying to tell you they love you because they're trying to prepare for a tomorrow that you guys will be safe and secure in. And that's not, that's not wrong. Um, they, they're saving for this rainy day, this day that may come. This is, again, this is a wise thing. This is pretty important. They consider the future as important as the present, so they consider tomorrow as important as, as the present. So a dollar spent today, they realize is a dollar they cannot spend tomorrow. I, I found this study, um, this was fascinating to me. That there was this economist, um, uh, uh, Keith Chin, and he did a study about how language affects behavior. And, and this was so fascinating to me. Here's what he found. He found people who spoke languages that have rigid rules around time, um, strong future tense languages like English. Um, so, so what I mean by that is in English, we would say it has rained, um, it is raining, or it will rain, right? Simple. Everybody got that? But in languages that don't have these rigid time frame rules that aren't strong in the future tense, they're called weaker tense or weaker future tense languages, they don't, they don't designate like that. So, so they would say, um, it has rained, it is rained, and it will rain. Like it sounds funny to us, but they just don't, they just don't have those rigid time frame rules. But what it does and what this study found is the people who spoke those languages where they don't differentiate between today and tomorrow, that they save 30% more than people who spoke languages that differentiate from today to tomorrow. So every time we're using past tense, present tense, 
or future tense, in our minds, we're delineating between today and tomorrow. So, so when you go to make a purchase, when you go to um, buy something or, or invest in something or give your money in exchange for something or just give your money altogether, our terminology puts us in this mind frame of right here and right now. Whereas people who speak a different language that doesn't differentiate, they are in a mindset of not just now, but also tomorrow and the next day. And how does this impact it? And man, that is powerful. That is powerful, the power of life and death in our words. Our words, not only for other people, but our words to ourselves affect our behavior. So I wonder how many of us that don't convert con currency into security need to just change how we how we say some things maybe you just need to say you know that bill I don't even know is due was due figure it out in your it, it yeah you got it okay <laughs> verse 20 <laughs> oh, stay on the notes pastor it makes more sense verse verse 20 but God said to him so so here this guy he's got enough he's got increase you would think this increase is from God and, and he's gonna store it he's gonna be a good steward over it he's not just putting it and hiding it but actually he's gonna make sure that he's set up for his future and here's what God says God said to him in verse 20 fool fool now if God calls you a fool <laughs> man you need to change some things Right? Like, that's, that's, uh, yeah. Fool, this night, this night, your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? This night. Good job, buddy. You're going to build bigger barns. You're going to invest all this money. You're, you're going to save all this. Good job. Who's going to get it? Because this man assumed not only that the increase was for him, but he assumed that he had time to eat, drink, relax, be merry, enjoy it, retire, go to Braves games, have them pay you. He didn't have the time. He didn't have the time. Which tells me, had he asked God and sought God of what he should do with that increase, God likely would have given him a different, a different instruction than build a bigger barn. Why build a, He wouldn't even have time to build the bigger barn. He, he didn't even get to finish it because it said this night his soul is required of him. In verse 21, so is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Jesus tells us this story to speak to our greed. Remember, this is to illustrate verse 15. And our need and our desire to have more and bigger and better and our, and our willingness to trust our money for our security. Now listen, some of you guys, some of you guys, you haven't had enough money to trust in for a long time that you can't even hardly relate to this. I only know that because my wife has been there. I, I grew up a suburban kid. We, we, we were middle class. We, I never had to worry about money. But I know that there's people that, that you... you you, don't, you can't really even relate because you're like, we've never had enough to consider tomorrow. We were just trying to get through today. But even with that, we can begin to, begin the, to believe the lie of, if I just had more, if I just had more money, then tomorrow would be okay. I know tomorrow would be okay. I'm so consumed with today, 
man, it'd be nice to not have to worry about where our rent's coming from this month or where the next meal's coming from. I, I, I Sign me up for, I know that this rent is paid, and if I had to pay it today, I could pay tomorrow, next month's rent, next month's mortgage. I could pay three months right now. And this is where the message, where many times I hear these kind of things, and I'm like, you know what? Let me see. Like, let me see. You know, like, oh, rich people are not happy. You know what? Let me see. <laughs> Let me try it out. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know if I believe you. Prove it. Prove it. But listen, here, here's what I found. My wife and I, we started with trying to save hundreds. We got to a place where we started trying to save thousands. And I'm just going to leave it right there because she's already getting nervous. And I can tell you, whether you're saving dollars, tens, hundreds, thousands, the money is not what gives you security. It, it doesn't. It, ju it, just, it just doesn't. And there's many dangers in falling into the trap of believing that it does. Now listen, I got it. I trust, trust me, I got it. I got it. I understand that you may be here like, okay, well, try me. Try me. I'd love to have the peace of, of knowing where next month's rent's coming from or the next meal's coming from. And I got you. I, I, I feel you. But listen, the truth is, it's all God's. It's all God's. And God is the one who provides. Whether he's bringing manna from heaven and, and giving you money for this meal right now and the next meal when you need the next meal and the next rent when you need the next rent, or you've created enough gap and enough margin to where you could pay your mortgage for the next six months, God is the one who's providing. And part of the trap is when you have the money and you, and you, and you feel the security and the money that you begin to lose the faith and the, and the connection and the trust and the reliance on God. So here's what I would tell you. God's not interested in you being in this place for the rest of your life. But while you're in this place, learn everything you need to learn. Get everything that God wants you to get. Connect with him in a way that maybe you've never connected with him before. Because here's what will happen. If you'll continue to walk by faith and do what he tells you to do, then eventually you'll go from saving tens or hundreds to saving thousands or ten thousands. God will increase you, and, he'll, and he will increase and increase and increase you. Maybe so that he can then use you to be a blessing to other people. And at the same time, while he's doing that, then you actually get some benefit of that as well. So let me give you five of the dangers. These are not the only dangers, but here are five dangers of converting currency into security. Number one is money can't secure you. It just can't do it. It, it is a lie to believe that money can secure you. If you have all the money in the world and your body gets sick, guess what? That's not security. If you have all the money in the world and you have no genuine, authentic relationships, guess what? That's not security. If you have all the money in the world and you are so fearful about losing it all, that's not security. That's not a security that any of us want to sign up for. Number two, people who convert currency into security, they can become so consumed with money being security that they don't enjoy any of it. They don't enjoy any of it. Like I said... The best man at our wedding, 
my, my high school best friend, they're, they're, they're loaded. And I'm like, fellas, spend a dollar. I mean, enjoy a little bit of it. My, my high school buddy, best friend, he, I mean, golly, he's pushing 40. He don't have an ounce of fat. Not an ounce. I mean, he's got six-pack, like 40. Like, come on, man. Eat a bag of Doritos. <laughs> Enjoy life a little bit, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, I get it. Stay healthy, but come on, man. This is ridiculous. Like, I got to block my wife from your Instagram page. <laughs> like, I, I just, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those, like, I don't even want her to see it. I don't even want her to accidentally see it. I don't even want her to scroll past. I'm not even liking any of his stuff because it might show up on her. She might see that I liked it. She might get a glimpse of it. That's just like, I'm not taking her to some of y'all's houses. We walk in your house and she look at me like, what are we doing? Why don't, we, why, why don't we have a house like, she, she's not like that. She's not like that at all, but I'm not taking that chance. <laughs> but listen, some of these people, like, they don't enjoy any of it. First Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. It says, for as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, because they are uncertain. But on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. God wants you to enjoy your finances, your currency, your blessing. Verse 18, they are to do good and to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Number three, people who convert currency into security, um, they can become controlling. They can become controlling because they value uh, money more than people. They, they get in this ditch, if you will, of they value money more than people. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What is, what is treasures in heaven? There's a, a lot of things that we could talk about that would be treasures in heaven, but, but the, the, what I would say is the greatest treasure in heaven apart from God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, is us, as people. It, it, that's what God wants. He wants us to fill heaven with people, not with money. Do you realize that your money is not going with you to heaven? Do you realize that you don't need any money in heaven? I mean, I mean, I mean if the streets are the way that the Bible describes the streets... I don't think your dollar bill that's made out of paper is going to have a whole lot of value. It's not going to have a whole lot of weight. Like, I don't think you're going to be up there with God like, hey, Jesus, I don't have enough for rent this month in my mansion. I know you created it just for me. Um, I don't know who you would give it to. It's going to be hard to rent out, so you might want to cut me a break. Like, no, no, you're not paying rent on your mansion in heaven. <laughs> if you ever have a decision to make, I can tell you this, people are always more valuable than money. Always. Number four, people who convert currency into security, they can begin to trust the security of money more than security of God. This is what we've been talking about. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 28. Whoever trusts in riches will fall. Not might fall, not could fall, but will fall. Now, it's not saying whoever has riches will fall, but whoever trusts in riches 
will fall. But the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. Our trust, and God is big on this. He's big, big, big on this. Our trust should always be in Christ. It should never be solely in money or in relationship or in wisdom or in experience or in education or in anything else in your life. Your trust, God wants and requires and expects your trust to always be in him, to rely on him. Paul said it this way, I've had a lot and I've had a little and I've learned how to be content in either state. Why? Not because he's happy being broke. Nobody's happy being broke. But he's learned to put his trust and his security in God. Number five, people who convert currency into security can become fearful of the future. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 through 34. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Man, this is good news, that God already knows what you need. He knows everything that you need. You may think you know what you need, but he actually knows what you need. I'm going to leave that right there for time's sake. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. All what things? Well, what he's talking about is what are you going to eat, what are you going to drink, what are you going to wear? And then seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, meaning his right standing, meaning don't just seek him in a prayer or in a Bible study, but seek him in his righteousness. Being right with him has to do with what you believe and how you act. And all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. There is no point in being fearful about tomorrow. There's no point. Because when you get to tomorrow, guess what? It's today. <laughs> You're right back where you were yesterday. <laughs> and, and you start worrying about the next day, and you're going to get there. And then it's going to be today again. Listen, listen, there, there is a balance between saving and preparing and planning for the future, and there's a balance in, in living in the moment. And, and you can get out of balance either way. But if you will put your trust in God and you will follow him, especially concerning your money, but really in concerning every area of your life, then he will, he will show you those lines and those parameters. He will guide you. He will take you to the places that you need to go. He will give you the steps that you need to take. Now, people who convert currency into security, they actually help reveal and show us something about God. They show us that God is a God who knows the future and has meticulously secured every moment that you will ever be alive. See, the way that they're able to increase that margin and prepare and save and plan for the future, that, that reveals to us and shows us that God is a God who is never going to be caught off guard. That tomorrow, he already knows not what's coming, but what already is. See, he doesn't live in this linear time frame that we live in. Like, ours is today is today, and, and tomorrow before we get there is tomorrow. Once we get there, it's today. But, but, but like, you can't go backwards, right? Like, we can't, I can't go backwards. But God lives above that. He, he is above that where he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He, he knows the, the end from the beginning. How can he know the end from the beginning? Because he's above it. He sees it all at the same time. 
So he's not bound by our linear thinking and experience of time. And so God, God looks up and, and he's above all this and he sees and nothing catches him off guard. And he knows what's going to happen here. He knows what happened there. He knows what's happening right here. And he's able to orchestrate as we by faith follow him and, and lean on him to be able to meticulously secure every moment. And people who convert currency into security and do it well, they help us see this about God. They reveal this. If we stop looking at these people as stingy, as valuing money more than people, as, as putting their trust in the wrong place, and we start to see this as something that God has put in on the inside of them, and if they filter it in the right way towards him, it's something God can use and something we can learn from, then maybe some of us that convert money into love or success can actually get a little better with our money. And I'm not talking to y'all, I'm talking to us. Sometimes we, we eat our harvest and we eat our seed. And sometimes we give away our seed and sometimes we give away our harvest. Which means sometimes we get it right and sometimes we get it wrong. And sometimes we need to learn from the people who convert currency into security to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. this is my harvest. This is, I need to, God is leading me to keep this to either give away at another point or have some security for the future. And there's other times where it's like, God is leading me to give this, but I, I, I wanna build bigger barns. And we need to be able to hear God's voice to be able to differentiate between the two. This week, I wanna challenge you. I wanna challenge you. I wanna challenge you to search your heart and ask God to reveal to you where are you placing your security? Now, you could get, we could all give the church answer here on a Sunday morning right before we get out of church, right? Like, we could all know what to say. But I'm, I'm challenging you to go before God and allow him to really open up your heart and allow him to reveal to you, where, do, where are you getting your security? Is your security in your job? Like, do you have job security and that makes you feel okay about tomorrow? Is it, is it in your bank account, your savings, your investments, your, your properties, whatever that is? Like, is that, like, man, I know I'm good because I have that. Is it in a relationship? I, I can tell you there's been times where, I, especially when I first saw my wife, I was like, if I could ever be with her, I know everything would be all right. I didn't know her. Didn't know all her baggage. <laughs> that the Lord has delivered her from. <laughs> I was just making sure y'all were awake. But I thought, if I could just be with her, everything would be all right. I just thought, if we just had this much money, everything would be all right. If I just had a car that had four windows that rolled down, everything would be all right. <laughs> and you start to see, like, I'm putting my trust, my faith, my security in things other than God. Now, God will give you grace, but there will come a point where you need to handle that. You don't want God handling that. I promise you. Because <laughs> God has a way of revealing to you, oh, you want to live by faith? Let me show you what that means. So this week, spend some time. Invest some. It's not spending. Invest some time. Finding out from God, where are you placing your security? And when he reveals it to you, don't deny it. Don't be like, God, no, no, it's just me and you, Lord. No, accept what he's telling you and make the adjustments. Turn your heart. Turn your heart back towards him. 
And maybe you don't even really know how to do that. But keep seeking him. He'll show you how to do it. He'll reveal it to you. He'll, he'll, he'll in the moment, show you, like, see, you, you're not giving that. And I'm telling you to give that. You're not giving it because you're putting your trust in your money. You're, you're concerned about tomorrow, but I'm telling you to give that. You have one payment left. You got one payment left. And it's all the money that you own. Give it away. And I'll bless you. Now, I'm not telling you that God's saying that to you. I'm saying sometimes he'll speak to you like that, especially if you're putting your trust in your money. And whatever your margin is, let's, let's start with getting it to the positive. Right? Let's, let's seek God and get it to the positive. And then, and then let's extend that. And if you're somebody that you convert currency into security, you got this. For the rest of us, let, let's be more diligent and intentional with being good stewards over our finances, if for nothing else, so that we can have more to give more. Amen. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.